The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. And there is a Phillies vibe right now in the city of Philadelphia with Red October going on to the NLDS. Let's welcome in former World Series champion from 2008. He was perfect that year. Brad Lidge, we appreciate you joining us. Well, thanks, John. It's great, uh, great to be with you and talk a little Phillies. Absolutely. Uh, we're looking forward to this, and I'm sure Phillies fans are, and we can hear you every single day on Sirius XM's radio, uh, MLB network radio channel, loud outs, one o'clock every day, and you do a great job of analyzing the game of baseball. So I want to start you off with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, just how dominating they were to finish off the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, truly dominating is, is what you would say watching them, and you know, look, I, I think the big thing is that, you know, when you've got those two at the top and and, and Aaron Nola throwing the ball, fantastic. And, um, you know, it, the rotation, frankly, is pretty deep even behind those guys. But when those two are clicking, you can really see the path for the Phillies, you know, even to get past the Braves, to get deep into the postseason and to get back to the World Series, because well, we know the Phillies are going to hit. And by the way, the guys, the arms in the bullpen, Pen are fantastic. And I think those guys are going to step up this postseason as we have seen uh, so far. So I think when when Wheeler and Nola are, are throwing like that one-two punch that they are, it really makes the Phillies path to the to the World Series and frankly to win a World Series legit. Yeah, it's great you say that because I was just looking through all the games and the last trip down to Atlanta, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola got the two wins and pitched yes. really well in Atlanta. And then I look, you know, you had two starts from Christopher Sanchez, a couple from Taiwan Walker. Dylan Covey had to make up a start, and he, you know, got rocked in the first inning. Michael Lorenzen got lit up. So when you can throw Wheeler and Nola and Suarez, who all pitched pretty well against the Braves this year, is that the path, the starting pitching in this five-game series? Yeah, and look, I think Walker as well. I mean, you know, it's not like the Atlanta Braves pitching is flawless. I mean, obviously, Max Freed at the top, is he's a great competitor, and he'll go toe-to-toe with anyone, but he's been dealing with some blister issues. Spencer Strider can strike out the world. We know that, but he can occasionally give up the long ball too. So uh, the Braves rotation, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's not bulletproof. Their bullpen is not bulletproof either, and we know the Phillies are going to hit. We know the Braves are going to hit too, but I just think we're – you know, we're going to be in line for an, a really epic battle. And, and I think that, uh, you know, the way the Phillies are playing right now, the way that things are happening in Philadelphia and the confidence and the swagger that the team has right now, it's exactly what you want at this time of the season. It's exactly what you want heading into the series like this. Keep in mind, the Braves have had some time off and potentially, hopefully, uh, sorry, Braves fans, but hopefully that affects their timing a little bit. And uh, maybe they're not quite as electric offensively as they were the entire year, where basically this year they were like historically a top five offense in the history of baseball. Yeah, when you clinch early like they did and you're kind of in cruise control at the end and then the Phillies have this series where they get hot at Citizens Bank Park, outscoring the Marlins, I think it was like 11 to two. 
you're riding that down on the plane to Atlanta. Do you feel like momentum is on the Philly side right now? Without question, momentum is. Um, you know, and, and it is really the playoffs, if nothing else, I know uh, from experience and from, you know, covering it for a while, it really is about who gets hot at the right time. And, you know, look, the, the Atlanta Braves, uh, they they did, I thought they did a good job of continuing to put in their star guys all the way through the end of the season. Those guys continue to hit well, Cunha continuing to steal bases and do all the things he does. Um, so they did a good job with that so that their guys wouldn't have too much time off or cool off potentially uh, before this series. But, you know, that being said, it's it's never easy to shut it down for four or five days and then just reboot all of a sudden, which the Atlanta Braves are going to have to do. So um, I think it does absolutely give an edge to the Phillies right now. Um, it's up to the Braves offense to see if they can just flip that switch and get right back to where they were in the regular season. But as you pointed out, uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler threw really good against them in Atlanta last time they were there. So it makes you feel pretty optimistic that they can continue to throw the ball even you know well even against an offense like that. We're we're going to have to score runs at the end of the day. The Phillies are going to have to keep hitting, but it's very pot. I mean, look, the Marlins' rotation and bullpen you can make an argument it's every bit as good as the Braves. And so uh, you know if the Phillies are able to put some runs on those guys, we'll be in good shape. And and when you look at the actual pitching matchups, and it's just a five game series, not a seven game series. Look, Spencer Strider probably has the advantage game one, but you know when you can throw Zach Wheeler game two and a potential deciding game five, and then have Aaron Nola get the two starts and Suarez starting it off, you got to be pretty happy if you're the Phillies. I think so. I, I think the Phillies rotation, you know, this year has been super deep, and I think probably underappreciated. And I know. Aaron Nola statistically didn't have his best year in the regular season, but I'll tell you what, does anybody even remember that right now? I mean, after that gem last night, it's all about, you know, where he's at right now, what he's doing right now. And I think uh, Aaron Nola knows that. And, and every fan in Philadelphia is going to be super excited. If he keeps throwing the ball this way, uh, I think you could, you know, end up saying this could be one of his better seasons. And, you know, obviously he's got a lot of stuff going on ahead of him and, you know, potential free agency and all that stuff looming. But um, I think he's, uh, I, I'm, I'm a believer in Aaron Nola. I hope he's here for the duration of his career. And I think he's going to continue to throw the ball well this postseason. And you know all about it pitching in Red October in Citizens Bank Park. You know, we, we talked to Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, and they just talk about that extra lift that the crowd gives you. Maybe when you're going for your strike three and, and you know, rolling with that curveball. I mean, did you feel that when you're trying to strike out a batter and get that final final strike that that the crowd just kind of lifts you up a little bit? Man, it, it really, truly does. And, you know, they they say, that, you know, this crowd is like the 26th man or that crowd is. Um, but I think to a man, and I, and I can tell you from from covering baseball with a lot of other guys that, you know, cover various teams that are in the postseason and everything else, to a man, everyone realizes the effect of the Philadelphia Phillies fans. It is above and beyond other fan bases. It just is. And, you know, you can tell that in, in – Ticket prices, you can tell it in how loud it is, uh, you know, on TV, like whatever, you know, whatever way you want to categorize it, the Phillies fans are at the top and it really is an advantage and and you can just see it. You can feel it. And and, and the Phillies players feel it. I, I know I felt it. I know we all felt it when we had our run in 2008, when we got back to the postseason the years after that. But I think the, the connection that the team and the players have with the fans this year uh, is truly remarkable. I actually think it went to another level than I have ever seen uh, with that with that ovation for Trey Turner and his response to that. I think the fans realize, you know, their uh, their power and their energy and what they can do and how they can help lift a team as well. And so, I mean, the Philadelphia Phillies fans have always been incredible. They've always been 
as, as enthusiastic as anybody, as passionate as anybody. But but right now, I just feel like they're on another level in terms of that relationship with the players. That's great to hear you say that. And we were talking to Phillies president and owner John Middleton um, last night, and he was saying, you know, because because that grand slam from Bryson Stott, the ballpark was rocking again. Oh, and man. and he said the loudest he thinks he's ever heard Citizens Bank Park was Bryce Harper's home run last year to get him into the World Series. And, and that Reese yeah. Hoskins bat spike, I mean – you guys winning a World Series and having amazing moments, it was loud, but it's crazy. It almost seems like it's a little louder right now. Maybe it's because of the, the time in between and waiting this long again. Yeah, I, it's possible. I, I mean, I can tell you, you know, it felt like the, the you know, the proverbial roof was going to pop off the place in 2008 when we won the World Series. I mean, I don't know how it could be louder, but also I was there last year, you know, in the World Series, and it, it almost kind of felt like it was a little bit louder. So, I'm with you. And, and I agree with John, uh, you know, it, it very well could be even louder now than it ever has been there. And I think, you know, look, again, we kind of make comments about that, you know, from from the guys that cover baseball, from the crew that I work with. And, and they say the same thing. They're like, it is on another level compared to the other places right now. Yeah. And, and just the record, 24 and 11 now the Phillies are at Citizens Bank Park during your run and this run. And that is the highest winning percentage in baseball playoff history for any home ballpark. So wow. it says it right there. And, and you saw what happened to the Braves when they came up here last year. They got rocked. I think it was nine to one and like eight to three, something like that in the two games. Do you think because of what they experienced up here in Philly last year and the Phillies closing them out, that that could still be in their head? Well, without question, they know that regardless of how well they played in the regular season, they're going to have to get past the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I actually feel like for the Atlanta Braves, that might be for them, even if they don't say this, probably their toughest task this postseason is to get past the Phillies. And as you mentioned, especially in Philadelphia. So um, obviously they feel really good about what they've accomplished this year. And they should, I mean, it's been a historic year for the Atlanta Braves, but you got to get past the Phillies in the postseason. And to your point, last year, the Phillies did some really amazing things against the Braves. It's definitely still in their head. It's definitely something they remember. And they have to know that this is going to be probably their toughest battle of the entire postseason. And you as a former pitcher, when you look at the Phillies lineup and the way it's structured, they have Kyle Schwarber leading off. And yeah. It's the first time ever that somebody has more than 100 RBIs or batting under 200, second most homers in baseball. How interesting is that Phillies lineup with Schwarber leading off, and how tough is it to navigate? Well, I think the thing about Schwarber, and, and you know, yeah, statistically this year was such an anomaly for him, but at the end of the day, um, he is a feared hitter in the major leagues, and he is especially a feared hitter in the postseason where he has left a mark even, you know, as far back as when he was with the Cubs. He is somebody that you – don't want to pitch to in big situations and he's not afraid to take his walks obviously so um yeah i think the way the lineup is is constituted right now you've got pop from the left side pop from the right side um it's long it's a, it's a tough lineup to navigate around and when when guys like bryson stott who also had a tremendous postseason last year you, know, you really look at the lineup and you say all these guys are tough hitters they're tough to pitch around but in the postseason, it becomes even tougher. Uh, and that's the type of lineup that, uh, you know, you know, frankly, there's a lot of great lineups in the regular season. Once they get to the postseason, they're not able to keep going uh, with the way they've been able to do things in the regular season. But the Phillies, I think they actually elevate and escalate to another level. And again, of course, the home, the home fans in Philadelphia help them do that. 
but it's just a lineup full of a lot of, I think, mentally tough guys that really, you know, want that opportunity and, and want to be in that position when, when everything comes down to it. And that's what you want is a lineup full of guys like that. And I mentioned how you were perfect in 2008. And now you have a situation where manager Rob Thompson is going with closer by committee. So here's Craig Kimbrell, uh, who is up there on the all-time saves list. And yeah. he is not guaranteed to be the closer, not guaranteed to be in those situations. But interviewing him last night in the clubhouse, he said he wanted to come here because of the vibe of the whole team and how close they are and how close they are to getting it done. How impressive is that, though? the selflessness of a Craig Kimbrell, the other guys in the bullpen and the other guys on the team. Yeah. I, well, it's huge. You have to have that buy-in. And, and for a guy like Kimbrell, who, you know, I mean, he's kind of paved the hall of fame resume and he has for a long time. So for a guy like him to be okay with that, I, I think it just kind of shows, well, I think it shows two things. Number one, it's 2023. And I think a lot of managers and a lot of uh, teams and, and bullpen guys understand it's a different dynamic then, you know, 15 years ago when I was closing, you had your closer, you had your setup guy and you had your you know lefty specialist. And that's just, you know, the roles were kind of written in stone. But now there's a lot more flexibility and, and, and bullpen guys understand that they appreciate it. And at the end of the day, they just want to win. Somebody like Craig Kimbrell, he just he wants to get a ring and he's willing to do, you know, whatever it takes to get that. So he's going to be pitching, you know, very, very important outs. There's no question whether that's the eighth inning or the ninth inning. Um, he'll be ready to throw. But but the truth is, and the reality is, is that the, the arms in the Phillies bullpen, I mean, we saw Soto throwing 100 last night. Like, the arms are electric. And, and so if these guys are dialed in, pick your poison. Any one of them could go out there and close games. And I, I, it gives the Phillies a ton of options. And it really helps out somebody like Rob Thompson, obviously, who's done an incredibly great job. But now he's got guys that he can really – he doesn't have to use a certain guy at a certain time. He can just use the best matchup at that time, uh, go with what the numbers say, and, and move on. But but like I said, the arms in the Phillies' bullpen, I'm a big believer. They're electric, and they did great last postseason as well. So I, I expect them to do great this postseason. And, and you were talking about Phillies Braves and how important it is to the Braves. When you just look at this matchup, is this almost like the NLCS, like the team that wins this series will probably go on to the World Series? I think so. Uh, you know, with all due respect uh, to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who continue to play, you know, great baseball and have like, I mean, they've got two MVP caliber, you know, players and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. The Dodgers will be great. They're going to be a, a, a tough team for anybody. Uh, you know, for the Phillies or the Braves, if we think the Dodgers are going to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in this series, but uh, it'll be a tough task. But I just I feel like this is it. I feel like whoever wins this series will get through the Dodgers and will represent the National League in the World Series. But uh, you don't ever want to sleep on the Dodgers. They have a really good bullpen, too. But if you look at their rotation, it's a lot different. It's a lot um, younger. And, you know, Clayton Kershaw is much of an incredible pitcher as he's been his entire career. He's kind of throwing four or five innings at the most, and he's getting out of there. So he's at a different stage in his career now, too. You have a pick to win it all or the teams that will be in the World Series. Yeah, um, boy, if I if I really had to bear down on it, I think the path in the American League still goes through the Houston Astros. And, you know, they kind of had an up and down year. Um, but, you know, all of a sudden you see kind of how they played down the stretch the last six games of the season when it was like playoff type atmosphere. I think it's going to be the Astros again in the American League. And uh, boy, I'd be crazy not to pick the Phillies after what they just did to the Marlins. So um, it won't be easy. The Braves and the Dodgers, if we again think the Dodgers are going to get past the Diamondbacks, that's two really tough series. But yeah, uh, you're darn right. It's going to be a repeat of last year, Phillies and uh, Astros. And then this year, you know, th that ring is going to come back to Philly.
Wow. I love to hear that. And and I guarantee you're going to be back up here in Philly at some point here in this run, throwing oh, yeah. out a first pitch again. Oh, yeah. I would love to. And, you know, it's just so great to get back with the guys from 08, uh, like we did last year, you know, to kind of rekindle those memories for us, but also to get those feels, uh, you know, when the team is doing what it's doing. And, and like I said, last year, it was so loud. I mean, it was like we were all looking at each other. We were like, was it this loud in 08? Like, we couldn't remember, you know, when you're on the field, obviously it's it, it's different. And when all of a sudden you're sitting in a box or, you know, when you're in the stands with the fans, it's totally a different energy and, and kind of vibe. But it's, uh, you know, it was amazing. And, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to to get back there this year again, deep in October. It's interesting you say that because I've heard some guys say I was interviewing Malcolm Jenkins the other day. And sometimes when you're in the middle of it and you have a job to do, you can't really soak it in and, and hear the crowd. And last night, Bryson Stott said, he blacked out. He didn't even know he spiked his bat after the Grand Slam. Did you have any moments like that, maybe winning the World Series, where it's kind of just blacked out at that point? Well, it, it's it's. I mean, the energy is so high and the volume is so high. It almost just become becomes this like incredible white noise that like uh, kind of lifts you up to another level. But you don't really hear anything individually. You just you can just feel it, you know, your, your, your heart rate can feel it, the energy and the excitement. Um, and I, I heard Bryson Sott's comments as well. He said he was screaming as he was running around the bases, but he couldn't even hear himself scream. Uh, and that's kind of what it's like. And, you know, if you look around the rest of baseball in this uh, wild card series, if there's one thing I can guarantee, it's that no other fan base, uh, sorry, no other fan base even had half the energy the Phillies fans did. So that was really cool for me to hear, really exciting for me to see that. Uh, and I expect nothing less from these Phillies fans. Yeah, and it's interesting because you see Tampa Bay, uh, the good teams they've had, and they're drawing 19,000 for a playoff game. I know some guys uh, come to Philly, and maybe they can't take some of the pressure and the expectations, but I got to feel like these guys all want that compared to something like Tampa Bay. Well, 100%. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's been tough to watch that in Tampa Bay. And, you know, they're trying to make changes and get a new ballpark and stuff down there. And I think they will not too long. Uh, but it is, I mean, when you're drawing 19,000 for a playoff game, that that's very tough for, for a home uh, team. You're just not going to get the same vibe. You're not going to get the home field advantage. Uh, and, and that is one of the reasons that people want to come to Philadelphia. It, you know, there's no better place to win than Philadelphia. There's no better place to experience it, you know, experience the highs of winning uh, when you have that much, you know, uh, when you're embraced that much by a city and by fans. Uh, it's just it's where you want to be. I mean, that's as, as simple as it gets. You don't want to be somewhere else where it's it's not the same. And, and honestly, there's nowhere else in baseball. I feel like right now where the fans are as locked in as Philadelphia. Well, you are welcomed here anytime as you know when you come back here they love seeing you you were perfect in the world series year and we listen to you every day on loud outs at one o'clock on sirius xm's mlb network radio channel and you do a great job of breaking down the game i just want to finish with a couple questions about that experience of 2008 because i see some of these celebrations that these guys have what exactly happens on those nights where you're celebrating with the champagne the beer like what time do you actually get to sleep and and what time are you waking up the next day? Uh, yeah, those are good questions. Um, you know, honestly, like I was, you know, playing back in Philly, you know, my family was there. So I would I would try not to stay at the clubhouse until, you know, two or three in the morning with my family in the waiting room. But, uh, you know, that being said, you do take some extra time. And, and I think, you know, the deeper you get into the postseason and, you know, fortunately, we had a lot of opportunities, but the but the more you win and the more you experience that. For me, I sat back in a chair, had a cigar, 
had some champagne and looked around and realized how special those moments are. I, I think early in my career, you're just kind of going wild and crazy and, you know, just staying out as late as you can and being at the clubhouse as long as you can with your, with your boys. But somewhere along the line, you, you, you sit back and you pull up a chair and you just kind of feel really good because you realize like those opportunities are not guaranteed. You know, those, those toasts and those champagne celebrations are, are never guaranteed. You have to work hard every year to get them. Uh, so it is an incredible feeling and, you know, you just got to make sure you have a good pair of goggles because it really does burn the hell out of your eyes. <laughs> and you guys do an amazing job in those interviews, keeping going with the answers, uh, even though it's burning your eyes. So before we wrap <laughs> this up, give me an idea of the best party from that year, 2008. Was it the night you guys won the World Series or was it after the parade? Oh, man. Well, I think we were all so worn out after the parade uh, you know, in that whole day, the, the parties weren't quite as, as you know, that same level as the night we won. The night we won, we went back to uh, Pat Burrell's uh, condo down there in downtown in, in Rittenhouse Square in that area. Uh, I mean, it, before I could even blink, it was 5 a.m. and we were still like the adrenaline hadn't even worn off yet. So like, we, we you know. Nobody was going anywhere until the wee hours of the morning. And even when the sun came up, it was like, yeah, this is <laughs> so what? Like, we're <laughs> going to be here as long as it takes to really embrace this and enjoy the hell out of it. And we did. To a man, everybody enjoyed the hell out of it. So, yeah, the the, the 08 postgame uh, you know, World Series party was that, – that was the one. And I heard – I think you told a story that it wasn't just you up in Pat Burrell's crib at that point. There were people coming off the streets or police officers – uh, well, I don't, th maybe people off the street, honestly, it was so crowded in there. Like, I mean, it, it was a huge, he had a sweet spot. It was huge. Uh, you know, the ceiling was high, the main floor was massive, but, uh, there was a lot, a lot of people in there, a lot of police, you know, Philly's Philly's best were up there helping us out as well. And, you know, making sure security was good up there and, and helping us get to Pat's place. Cause like trying to leave the stadium, uh, we absolutely needed the, uh, you know, some kind of way of getting down to it. So, you know, the escort they gave us was, was fantastic. It was really necessary. It was highly appreciated. And we invited them up. We were like, look, you know, you guys are part of this too. This is your city. And, uh, we wanted them up there with us and they, you know, they, they came up and, and celebrated for, for a minute or two. And, Courts got back to work after that, but it, it was it was just fun to have all those guys up there because, uh, you know, like I said, they've they've waited 25 years for the, for 2008 as well. We all have that one family member, maybe at a wedding, who who drinks way too much and then is passed out on the couch. Was anybody <laughs> like passed out a little earlier than you guys who were, who kept going? Uh, that's a great question. I, I and, and you know, my mind, I don't I don't remember anybody passing out super early. Like I said, I think we all had so much adrenaline that even the wee hours of the morning, everybody was still fired up and charging. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember anybody laying down. Well, I'll tell you what, that sounds like the best party ever, and hopefully these Phillies can experience what you experienced. Absolutely, yeah, I, I hope they can, and uh, I'd love nothing more than to see that. That'd be awesome, and it would be great to see you again. I'm sure we're going to see you at some point coming back up here, and we will keep listening to you on Sirius XM's MLB Network radio channel, 1 p.m. every day, loud outs. Brad Lidge, it was great to catch up with you because I, I honestly tell people all the time when they ask me who's the most accountable player or one of the nicest players, I always mention you and Danny Briere of the Flyers, one mm -hmm. of the nicest guys who ever came through this town. And you were always accountable, win or loss. You were always waiting, I think, sometimes for the media to come in because you were accountable. And that was so impressive. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, just real quick, I just think that's part of uh, 
you know, part of what we're paid to do is to be accountable. You know, if you, if, if you suck, say you suck, like you got to recognize it and and move on and try and be, you know, at your best the next day. And, uh, you know, I think that's what uh, t- your teammates want as well. And, uh, you know, it's uh, being a closer is never an easy job out there. And, uh, you know, Kimbrel can attest to that as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, fortunately we had some, we had some great times, but yeah, it's all part of the job. And, uh, you know, I, I, I loved it and uh, I loved, and I, I missed the hell out of it too. Well, we miss you here in Philly. Great catching up with you and hope to see you in person real soon. All right, John, sounds great. We'll do it. I'll be back there not too long. Oh, mom, so